0: The following sermon is by Andy Lake, the senior pastor of Liberty Bible Church. This program, Grow in Liberty, is the preaching ministry of Liberty Bible Church in Vienna, Ohio. Liberty Bible Church places a priority on the Word of God over all else and has a desire to share truth with believers and non-believers alike. Our prayer is that as people tune in, they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Join us as we grow together through the Word of God.
1: Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12. That's why we're here, to praise the name of the Lord our God. Look with me if you would, please. Hebrews chapter number 12, starting in verse number 25. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, Much more shall not we escape, if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we ask you once more as we bow before the King of the universe, that You would meet with us this morning. That, Father, You would empty me of myself, that anything about me that might get in the way of presenting Your Word, that You would hide, that You would not allow me to get in the way of You being seen and heard today. I pray these things in Your Son's precious name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As we've made it clear throughout the uh, study here in the Book of Hebrews, God's Word is enough. We've said it over and over again, and and I truly believe. And we talked about this uh, uh, last Sunday evening. Uh, we had a uh, uh, time in. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Sunday evening, Wednesday. Uh, this past Wednesday evening, we had our quarterly business meeting, and uh, just gave a, a short sermonette, so to speak, on the idea of the early church and what the early church uh, did and what they how they uh, established deacons. And one of the things that was very important to them was the preaching of the Word of God and prayer. And as you look at uh, Acts chapter 6, what you find is that in those days the number, the church grew, and they got uh, so large, they had uh, a couple programs that were maybe not as focused on as some would have liked, and they established deacons because the preaching of the Word of God was paramount. They said, we're, we're losing time in the study and the preparation and the prayer time and things of that nature. And then as a result of bringing in deacons and having this business meeting, and their continued focus on the Word of God, they grew. That's a beautiful thing. We believe that the Word of God is paramount. We believe that whatever is between the covers of this book, we take as Scripture straight from the mouth of God. I don't care whose pen it was that used uh, was was used to put it in position, but We believe it all. So often, though, man tries to intermix God's Word and man's ideas. That's what happens. They decide that God's Word uh maybe it's it's good but it's not enough we have to supplement some way we have to add things in and so this is so often the case when when uh, maybe you've been in a situation where you have uh, been talking with someone maybe they've got a problem they've got a situation uh, and 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 you start to tell them what the bible says and then they always follow up your statement about what god's word has to say with something along this line yeah but right That yeah, but simply means, well, God's word isn't enough. That's what that means. When we are presented with what the Bible has to say on the subject and we have to follow it up with, but I need more. What we are saying is God's word is not sufficient, even though Peter himself wrote on the inspiration of God that we have everything that is necessary for life and godliness right here. It's all right here. Everything that's necessary. So Dr. Phil's writings are not as important, right? Wow. We're going to have to change directions. Ain't nobody agreed with that one. Dr. Phil's opinions are not as important as thus saith the Lord, right? We're starting to get there. It had me nervous for a second. I better not go into Oprah or Dr. Oz because we're going to be here a while. We want to make sure that what we, what we have before us in the Word of God is what we pay the most attention to. We say things like, well, God wants us, though, to enjoy life. So let's not neglect the things of this world at the sake of the Word of God. And this is what happens. When we start to intermix man's ideas with God's Word, we start to come up with these ideas of, well, I know the Bible says that I'm supposed to live for Him. And I know the Bible says that we all things were made by Him and for Him. But God, this is that but part, right? Yeah, but but God still wants me to be able to enjoy life, still wants me to be able to like things and have things. And we, we start to intermix man's ideas with it. And we start to come to this idea where, well, God doesn't want me to neglect entertainment. I still have to have fun, right? However, we need to learn to keep things in focus. This is where things get out of line. We try to, uh, people make statements, something to the effect, well, you got to learn to live a balanced life. And what that tends to mean is you got to keep one foot in church and the other foot in the world. Yeah, Yeah, make sure that you got your good, solid foundation over here with the Word of God, but you don't want to leave this. And I'm telling you right now, it's been a lot while since I stretched, and i got to quit that. I used to be able to go all the way down. Not anymore. This, this old boy doesn't do that anymore. We've got to remember to keep our focus on what Christ said. He said, follow me. He said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. When we start to talk about this idea of laying up treasures in heaven, this is where people start to insert, but God still wants you to have fun, right? Let's stop for a minute, and we want to kind of focus in on that today. So often our priorities get out of alignment, and we do not even realize that our priorities are out of alignment. So as we have come to the text at hand, it appears as though the preacher in these uh, uh, these verses that were that are before us today Uh, it appears as though he is giving the final conclusion. Chapter 13, as we get into it, is almost like a postscript. It's like, here's the concluding thought. Oh, P.S., let brotherly love continue, so forth and so on. So as we get into this, I I guess a a question that we can kind of kick things off with this morning is how can you remain so calm during times of crisis? And you're thinking to yourself, that introduction and that question have absolutely nothing in common. My friend, they do. They have everything in common. So with the idea of how we can remain calm during crisis, let's just pause for a moment and think about this. Can I at least get an amen in in this vein? This world is a mess. Okay, now, I want to make sure I had not put you all to sleep already. This world is a mess, and I want you to understand something. The closer we get to the end, it's going to get messier. We shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be in shock and awe when one person wants to invade another person's territory. We wouldn't, shouldn't be surprised when st- people start to lose certain freedoms. We shouldn't be surprised when uh, suffering and uh, persecution starts to enter the arena. It should not surprise us. It should not be a shock to it, <laughs> Excuse me, any of us. Whoa, that just came out of nowhere. It shouldn't be a surprise. But for some reason it is, and you want to know why? because our priorities are out of alignment. Let's take a look at a few things here because I want us to understand uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt, and I want you to hear me on this. No politician is the answer to this world being a mess. I don't care what side of the argument you're on. No politician is going to solve it. No news outlet so don't tell me which one you listen to or watch or pay They're not the answer. No amount of firepower is the answer. Oh, we got to make sure to arm ourselves. Wait a minute. Listen, you're talking to a pistol-packing preacher, all right? That nine millimeter or whatever you want to carry around is not the answer. No medical advancement is the answer. Or rejection thereof. That's not the solution, my friends. The only thing that's going to fix it all is Jesus Christ. That's it. And for us to place any sort of faith, any trust, any sort of a, 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 a foundation on anything other than the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, is faulty. And so what we find before us here, starting in verse 25 in this concluding uh, section, uh, is basically a prescription for how we can remain calm in the midst of this mess of a world. Look with me if you would. Verse 25, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, how much more? Shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven? I want you to understand something. We here in the church age, uh, we have been given everything that is necessary to know God. God is not so elusive you have to have a doctrine and philosophy to find him. No, my friend, he has given it to you right here in front of you. All you have to do is open your Bible, read, and you will find God. This is where we have to rest on everything. But what we do is we ignore the speaking of God. And here in the church age, my friend, understand this. We are without excuse. You can go into any store in America just about, and you can find a copy of this. Sometimes you can go into them, and they're only a buck You can turn on the radio for any amount of time and you can find the Word of God somewhere on that radio. You can turn the television on and you can find God's Word somewhere. We have no excuse to be able to say, Well, I didn't know. No. We have it all right there in front of us. I'm sorry, my friends. But even that future generation that many of us spend so much of our attention focusing on is not the answer. That baby boy that you bounced on your leg and you think that your entire world is surrounded and it starts with him and ends with him, that little girl that has you wrapped around her finger that you seem to think is everything your entire world is about, that is not the answer either. Well, I, I, I need to invest in them. I need to spend as much time as I can preparing them. Preparing them for what? It's not a bad thing to invest in your children. But What are you investing in them? That's what we want to focus in on. Listen to me, the best investment that you can make into the next generation is not what kind of athletics or academia that they may be able to espouse. The best thing that you can invest in the generation to come is a good, solid, spiritual foundation. I want to make sure that my kids have all the academic uh, opportunities. I want to make sure that my kids have, he just wants to do this. He just wants to play this sport. He just wants to get involved in this hobby. That's wonderful, but not at the expense of what God has to offer. The moment I start sacrificing this for that, my priorities are out of whack. We've got to get it back in line. Let's notice a few things as far as this. The very first part of verse 25, see then you refuse not him that speaketh. It is time for us to pay attention when God speaks. Well, I don't refuse. Yes, we do. Whenever the word of God tells us to do something and we don't or we come up with an excuse, we are refusing him. Let's put it this way. Let's say uh let's say I have the opportunity to go on a date with my wife or go hang out with Jeff. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love Jeff. But if it's a choice between Jeff and my wife, See ya. I just refused Jeff. He may call me up and say, "But man, I got, I got, I got tickets in the front row, fifty-yard line to the Super Bowl." My wife's saying, "I got dinner." See you, Jeff. As much as I like him and as much as I appreciate the offer that he is giving, I have just refused and chosen. So, whenever we have the opportunity to spend more time with God, but we choose something else, we have refused him period. I, I don't know any other way to understand that. Maybe it's my simple mind, but this is why Hebrews teaches us that we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We're not supposed to ignore the Word of God. We're supposed. Paul said, study to show yourself approved. He says, men ought always to pray. And when we look at these kind of things, but we choose other things over the good things of God, what we are doing is we are refusing Him for that instead. Our priorities are out of alignment. When I hit the snooze button and go back to sleep because I don't want to get up so early and read my Bible, I am refusing Him for sleep. It's time for us to pay attention to the voice of God. When God speaks, listen, and obey. Just try it for once. Obey and see if he was right. Take those difficult times, those troublesome things where you're reading the Bible and you're like, I need to do this, but I don't know, man, this just doesn't sound right. I like to use this one because it's an easy one, right? Husbands, love your wives. Wives, see that you reverence your husband. You don't know my husband. He's not worthy of my respect. You don't know my wife. She's difficult to love. Do it. God said do it. Now, here's the thing. Well, I'll respect my husband when he deserves it and loves me enough to get my respect. The Bible says he's supposed to love me. It's not your job to ensure that he follows the Bible. It's your job to ensure you follow the Bible. Respect him. Love her when he's not worthy of respect, when she's not lovable, because God's Word said to do it. And just try it and see what happens. See if God's right. Give it a shot. What do you got to lose? Not working too well the way you're trying it. We got to start listening to God's word. Look at verse 26 and 27 with me now. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now... He hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once uh, uh, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Now, I want us to notice just a couple things with this. First off, The theme of this epistle has basically been that Jesus is better, right? If Jesus is better, and do you remember back at the very beginning of our study in Hebrews chapter number 1, verse number 2, it said that God hath in these last days spoken to us through his Son. And so if Jesus is better than anything that this world has to offer, Jesus is better than any angel, Jesus is better than any prophet, if that's the case and God spoke to us through his Son, then I think that it stands to reason that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, which means this Word, this Bible, is better than anything. So whatever God, God says ought to be heard and obeyed. So when God spoke, though, back at Sinai, let's take a moment and just look at a couple of these things. Go to Exodus, Exodus chapter 19. I want you to look here. Don't take my word for it, and I'll never apologize for having you look at a bunch of Scripture. I heard somebody complain one time when a pastor was using the Bible and he had to jump from page to page, book to book. Man, were my fingers out! It was that was too much. Can I give you a, a, a little uh, tip here? Whenever the the pastor gives you a whole lot of Bible to look at, that's less of him you got to look at. So let's keep our noses in the book because this ain't what you want to look at, All right? Look at Exodus chapter 9. I heard an amen on that one. Rough crowd. Look at uh, Exodus chapter 19. Look at verse 16. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mountain, the voice of the uh, the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at uh, the the nether part of the mountain. And uh, Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount quaked greatly. Wow. When God spoke at Sinai, the whole place trembled. The earth shook, right? Now look with me over at Matthew chapter 27. I want you to see another opportunity where the the earth trembled. Matthew chapter 27. All right, look at verse 50. Jesus, when He had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake. And the rocks rent. My friends... Both of those times when the Lord spoke, the earth was shaken. Things were broken. Things were disrupted. Things that could be shook, shook. But here in our text in the book of Hebrews, indicates that there's coming a time, notice it with me again, Hebrews chapter 12, he says in verse 26, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, and those things which cannot be shaken, may remain. When God spoke at Sinai, the earth shook. Again, at the crucifixion, the earth shook. There will come another shaking. This time, everything's going to shake. There's coming a day, my friend, God spoke in revealing his His, his uh, law. His He revealed his law and our inability to keep it, our inability to be able to approach him. He shook the earth when he revealed this. He spoke in providing an atonement for sins. Both of those were caution shakings. It was, hey, let me get your attention. Hey, let me let you hear something. Hey, you need to pay attention. It was a caution shaking, caution shaking. But there's coming a day where God's going to say, that's it. It's done. He's given wake-up call after wake-up call after wake-up call. My friend, the earth is beginning to shake. You want to know why the world is in the condition it's in today? It's because the earth is getting ready to shake. Things are being shook up, and there's coming a day soon, I believe, where he's going to say, it's over. And not only the little bit of tremors are going to be felt, but this earth, the heavens, the sky, it's all going to hear it when His mighty, creative voice speaks. I'm looking forward to that. I want you to understand something about this. He lets it be known that only those things which are made Are going to shake. Catch that. In verse 27, notice it. This word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Okay, so there are things that can shake and there are things that can't be shaken. And it's up to us to start investing in the things that cannot be shaken. A lot of people investing in a house of cards right now. And when that little bit of tremor comes, don't be surprised when it topples over. This shaking will destroy anything not on a foundation. Look at Luke chapter number 6 with me. Gospel of Luke. Notice chapter number 6, and we'll start reading here in verse 46. I love this. Are you ready for this? This first verse here, verse 46, ought to be something that wakes a lot of us up. You ready? And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Can we pause for station identification? When I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior, He's not just a get-out-of-hell-free card. He becomes Lord of my life. And if he is Lord of my life, I have given up freedom to do anything and everything I want to do because I have attached myself to serve and to follow the Lord. And if I'm not serving and following him, how in the world dare I call him my Lord? That's what this verse is really saying. I love Jesus' way with words. He's such a wordsmith. He says, don't call me Lord if you ain't going to treat me like Lord. That's from the hillbilly translation, in case you're wondering. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and choose to ignore the Word of God? Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and aren't willing to forgive your brother? Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and you're not willing to go the extra mile? Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and you're doing whatever you want with whoever you want? Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and you're stealing from the boss? Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and you're cheating on your taxes? Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and you're not being gracious and merciful to your fellow we can insert a whole lot. Notice verse 47. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built on a house uh, upon the earth, uh, built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat violently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Again, going now to the foundations. In other words, you listen to God, you do things, you build on the the foundation that He has supplied, and things are going to be okay. It's going to stand. When the time comes for the the earthquake, it's going to stand. Anything else is going to fall. Understand fools build on a lack of foundation. The wise, according to Matthew chapter 6, Stores up unshakable treasures. Treasures in heaven. Treasures that remain. Treasures that moth and rust can't corrupt. Just look at the world around us today. A lot of what we thought we had is disappearing. You know, a lot of people really hate this whole COVID thing. I thank God for it. A lot of people woke up. We realized something. Our precious world wasn't as secure as we once thought it was. When everything came to a screeching halt and you couldn't go out to eat, when everything stopped and you were just sitting at home, I praise the Lord for that day because it's time for us to realize this house of cards is about to fall. But sadly, too many, even Christians, are still building their lives on what will shake and fall. I want to draw two conclusions here with this going back to the book of Hebrews and we're going to look at a couple other passages. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Look at 28. Wherefore we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God, Is a consuming fire. Now, I love that last verse, but probably not for the reason you might think. I want you to notice a couple things. I'm going to try to draw two connections here. First off, is the shaking that is referenced here is referenced from Haggai. Have you read anything from Haggai lately? We just did on the responsive reading. I'll give you that clue. Look at Haggai with me. And if you're having a difficult, where in the world is Haggai? It's right next to Obadiah, right in that area. You know, Minor Prophets, the last 12 books of the uh, Old Testament. Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai. Look. Those minor prophets can be difficult to navigate. You'll jump over about four different times before you finally get to it. If you're using this kind of Bible, it's on page 1118. Notice with me Haggai chapter number 2. Some of y'all are cheating and you're using your phone. I got there before you did. Haggai chapter number 2. Notice with me verse number 6. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once, it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts and in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. This is the Reference, I believe, that the writer of Hebrews is drawing our attention to. There was a time where it's, it's, it's coming, is what he's saying. God promised he's going to shake. He's not just going to shake the earth, he's going to shake the heavens too. This is what it's talking about. As this day draws near, this shaking will become more and more violent. And so the question is are you investing in what can or cannot break? Are you investing in what is going to be shook and destroyed, or are you investing in what will remain? Your politics, your sports, your money. And listen to me, I'm not trying to be anti patriotic, but even your good old US of A is shakeable. They will shake and they will fall. Even good things, like good programs, friends, family. Health, those kind of things shake. You don't believe me? Go down to your local hospital and just look for a minute. It shakes. What remains? Well, look at Haggai chapter 6 verse 8 there. I love this. It's almost like he just stuck it in and it doesn't belong. He's talking about shaking everything and then God says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine saith Lord of hosts. You're like, what in the world's that got to do with the shaking of everything? I'm glad you asked. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This, my friend, is beautiful. If somebody doesn't wave a hanky, run a couple laps or something, I don't know what's going to happen. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, starting in verse number 10. It says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereupon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. So again, going back to the analogy of foundations and building. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work will be made manifest, for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. I love this passage because here's what it's teaching. Jesus Christ, the only foundation. But, my friends, you and I can build on this foundation, and some of it is gold, silver, and precious stones. But some of it still is wood, hay, and stubble. Just because you're born again by the Spirit of God doesn't mean everything you do is gold, silver, and precious stones. I'm afraid the sad truth of it is most of it is wood, hay, and stubble when I examine my life. But when I examine it honestly and I start to look and I see, okay, what is it that will remain? Well, it comes down to this. Everything that is gold, silver, and precious stones is what is done for him. It's those things that I laid up, those treasures I laid up in heaven, those things that I did only, purely, strictly, because I love Jesus Christ, not because of any other reason. That's gold, silver, and precious stones. Anything else is going to be consumed. That little league team is going to be consumed unless my reason for being part of it was to bring glory to him. There's your priorities. So you're saying it's wrong for me to be in a little league team? Nope. But it's wrong for you to sacrifice him for that little league team. It's wrong for you to sacrifice time with him for that little league team. It's a sin for you to sacrifice him for anything. And it's just going to burn up. When God decides it's time to shake, those extra hours you worked are going to burn up. So you're telling me it's a sin for me to work extra hours? If you're doing it at the expense of him, mm-hmm. well, then when can I do it? Let's give you a let's give you a scenario. I like that. I like those people are like. Well, so you're telling me it's never okay? Nope. Let's say you've got you've got a coworker who's been wanting to go to church for a long time and just they work on every Sunday. Every Sunday comes along and you've been witnessing to this individual. You've been trying to help them come to know Christ. You've been witnessing for a long time and, you, and you're and you just, you're at your wit's end. And then finally one day they say, you know, I really want to go to church this Sunday. and I, I, I'm, I'm struggling and I, I really feel like the Lord's calling me and drawing me. And you go, you know what? I'll work for you this Sunday so that you can go to church. Now you can talk to me about skipping church. I had a good reason, preacher. Don't talk to me about it. I'm just the messenger telling you what the Bible tells you. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on this earth. Lay up treasures in heaven. I know whether my priorities are right based on what my end goal is. How we build will be put to the test. All that survives belongs to Him. Notice there in 1 Corinthians, and then we're going to jump back to Hebrews It says in verse 13, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. Here's what I believe is going to happen. You and I are going to be face to face with our Savior one day, if you're truly born again by the Spirit of God. And everything that we did is going to be before us. And it's going to be torched to see what remains. And I pray that we'll sift through the ashes and be able to pull out a pearl or a piece of gold. I actually did this for you. Now look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. For our God is a consuming fire. Who's going to reveal whether those works were gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay stubble? God Himself. Look at all the good things that I did, God. Yeah, but you didn't do that for me. Look at all the philanthropy I was involved in, God. Yeah, but you didn't do that for me. You did it for them. You did it for what they thought of you. You did it for your boss. You did it for your neighbors. You did it for your kids. You did it for... You didn't do that for me. Wood, hay, stubble. Too often, when someone says, Lay up treasure in heaven, people are quick to get defensive. Listen, there's nothing sinful with having hobbies. There's nothing sinful about your civic involvement or vacations, etc., etc. There's nothing sinful about those things. But when they become the focus and God takes a back seat, we have moved in the wrong direction. Our priorities must be Be right. So back to the original question of how can you remain so calm during crisis? Let me give you three things of application here, and we'll be done. First, if my investment is in this world, then I'm going to stress when this world begins to crumble. My life is going to be over. Things are going to be horrible. My life is going to come to a screeching halt. And I'm going to lose sleep and stress all night long when this world is where my investment is. Let me ask it this way. Let's say you have all of your money at Huntington Bank. And tomorrow you get word that Huntington Bank went belly up and all the money is gone life is over. You got the bank of earth and you got the bank of heaven. And I'm here to tell you, there's coming a day where this bank is going to get wiped out. How can you remain calm during crisis? Don't put your investment in things that are shakable. you were playing the stock market and someone said it's a guarantee. There's absolutely no way you're going to make, you're going to reap dividends like you would not believe. It's a guarantee. Matter of fact, it's so guaranteed that if it doesn't turn out, you're going to get an investment return of 100%. No matter what happens. Sign me up, bub. This is a guarantee. This is a guarantee. Our priorities must be right. Look at the second thing about this. If my foundation is in my patriotism or my hobbies or my friends or my things, I'm going to struggle when they are threatened. What's your foundation? Your kids, your foundation? A lot of people ignore the Word of God for the sake of their kids, proving what their foundation is. It's more important to me than what thus saith the Lord. Listen, I was created in the image of God, and the question is, how can I reveal that? How can I reveal God best in what I am doing? If I look at my hobbies or my patriotism or my friends or whatever it may be, if I look at that and then I just ask a simple question and I'm honest, I ask, why am I involved in that? I'll realize what my motivation and what my priorities are. Why do you teach your kids to do this or that or the other. Well, because I want to make sure they they, they they can make a lot of money when they're adults. At least you're honest. Don't try to fit God in to what you're doing. Here's what we do. Well, my kid really wants to take part in this and I know it's going to take us away from the things of God, and, but I can, I, I, I can work it out. And we try to fit God in to what we want to do instead of going, can we fit that in to what we have committed to Christ? How can we use that based on our commitment to Christ? And we get our priorities right. Last if my investment is incorruptible and my foundation immovable, and yes, I used im, not un, immovable means it cannot be moved, then nothing will shake my faith and nothing will spoil my peace. how is it that people are able to face persecution? Because verse 28 says, Wherefore, we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. And no matter what this world has to offer, I've got a home in a kingdom that cannot be moved. So if Russia, Ukraine, United States, whoever it is falls, my friend, guess what? I'm still going to be okay because my home is immovable. I'm a citizen of a kingdom that is a whole lot better than any initials, any country, any hobby, any family. And nothing, nothing can rob me. Now that's hope. That's hope. You want to be able to stand firm in the face of crisis, then put your money in the guaranteed investment. Put your time in the guaranteed investment. There's great hope in this passage. What we do for the Lord cannot be shaken. But it will remain. My friend, where's your investment today? Is it in people? Or is it in heaven? Is it in past times? Or is it in the things of God? Let's check our priorities this morning. Father, we do ask You collectively to inspect us, to examine our hearts, to reveal to us the areas that need addressed. Father, as Your Son said, why call ye me Lord, Lord, when we're not willing to do what You have asked us to do. So Lord, we ask that You would expose to us the problems, the things that need altered. And the Father, once they're shown to us, we would actually take steps. It's one thing, Lord, to hear from You. It's another thing to accept it and not refuse. So, Father, use this time to bring glory and honor to Yourself, to call men to You, to call women to You, to this right relationship with You, to wake us up to what is taking place. We'll be very careful to praise You for it. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
0: You have been listening to Andy Lake, Bible teacher with Grow in Liberty and pastor of Liberty Bible Church. We pray that you were challenged today and encourage you to share this message with your friends and family. If you were motivated in some way to grow in your walk with Christ, Please drop us a line and reference the title of today's message. You can access us online at growinliberty.org. Email us at together at growinliberty.org, or send us a letter to Liberty Bible Church, 2111 Sodom Hutchings Road, Vienna, Ohio 44473. If you would like to support Grow and Liberty financially. You may also do that at growinliberty.org. Thank you so much for joining us today.